This is Brain Diet, episode number 77. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode. Welcome to the podcast, if this is your first time. I'm really happy to be recording this. I don't know whether or not you can hear the rain. I hope you can't, but if you can, it's actually not the worst thing because it's so fun. But in Utah, we have had such a dense smoke cloud (laughs) that's been just sitting in our valley and it's been disgusting. And when it started to rain this afternoon, it was just like, I heard angels singing because it was starting to clear up the smoke. (laughs) So hopefully it goes away. I want it to just rain and rain and rain. And so if you can hear it in this episode, then just know it is working miracles by cleaning up our air so we can breathe. (laughs) Today we are talking about when you dread looking in the mirror. So here's what happens. People come to me and they want to lose weight. And what they don't expect to do is examine their relationship with themselves. It sounds really cliche to talk about your relationship with yourself. And I think people overlook it for that reason. But I wanted to talk about your relationship with yourself as it relates to you looking at yourself in the mirror and as it relates to your weight and how you think about your weight. Losing weight while developing a healthy relationship with yourself makes it 10,000 times easier. What happens is people come to me wanting to lose weight and they've tried all the diets and all the different ways of eating and they have a rather low confidence level. They have a lack of ability to believe it's even possible for them to lose weight, to maintain it, to have it be easy. They have so much evidence that they can provide me as to why they just aren't good at it or that they've tried to do this so many times and failed and why they think that something is wrong with them, that they aren't able to lose weight. And when you are thinking, I'm not good at this, something is wrong with me, why can't I get this right? Of course, you feel terrible. So if you develop a relationship with yourself that is loving and kind and compassionate, then the journey of losing weight becomes so much easier. Like you've eliminated so much baggage because you aren't constantly telling yourself things that just feel terrible to think. So a starting point when it comes to losing weight is a compassionate approach. Now, again, this is going to be very contrary to what most weight loss plans out there are, but I think that in order to develop a relationship with yourself that is healthy, we have to start somewhere with compassion, right? And so I believe that sometimes the most compassionate approach to start to nurture this relationship with yourself is not eliminating anything from your diet and from what you're planning to eat. Now, I do not mean to just eat whatever you want all the time, all day long, For those of you that are familiar with me, I I teach very purposefully that we plan ahead, 24 hours ahead of time, what we are going to eat. And that's the framework that I like to incorporate this idea in. Whatever it is that you are planning ahead of time doesn't need to eliminate any sort of food group or, or treat or anything that you think 
you shouldn't be eating. This idea of not eliminating things from a diet in the beginning is very difficult for most clients. Most clients are in a rush to lose weight, and so they want to restrict and limit and be very stringent with themselves and with what they're planning. I want it to be really clear that I believe that restriction can be done from a very loving place. Just like I restrict cigarettes from my lifestyle, so can you with food when it is done from a very loving, like, hey, I've got your back. (laughs) I'm going to make sure that we're going to not eat those things for the sake of your well-being, right? Like that can be done with love. But people that come to me restrict from a place of urgency to like themselves better. They're like, if I can just if I can just hurry really quick and lose the weight, then I will like myself better. Like no wonder you're in such a hurry because you're telling yourself such horrible things. You, of course, would want to outrun them. And that's half the battle. That's what's so interesting is, is the majority of the work is just in what you think about yourself and not in the food. The food becomes the easy part. In the way that I teach things, nothing has to be off limits. For me, I had to start really slow and kind of come from the other end of things where I was afraid of so many different foods. I was afraid because my relationship with myself was not trusting. It was not loving, right? And so years ago, I remember corn that used to scare me, like canned corn. And so if a recipe ever called for it, I would just leave it out. And I would never buy it and I would never cook with it. And that was because my relationship with myself at the time was I can't be around this or something bad might happen or I don't trust myself or there was all this talk that created a lot of fear. And so I restricted myself from this place of fear. Now, because I have implemented this compassionate approach where I have slowly started to include everything and and make sure that I believe that nothing was off limits and I developed the ability to restrict things from a place of love, I believe I can be around any food and not lose control. And all of that has come from the work that I've done to examine how I was thinking about food before and changing it on purpose. I've developed that relationship with myself to have a healthy self-talk to develop trust in myself. So now there are a lot of foods that I don't keep in the house, but there are a lot of foods that I do. Like I pretty consistently have cookie dough in my freezer. Does that mean I eat cookies every single day? No, but I always have it. And if I want one, I plan one. That to me has been loving and compassionate to say, hey, you can have any food around you and that doesn't mean you're going to lose control because you trust yourself. I trust myself, right? That's the type of talk that goes on inside my brain now around food. When we look in the mirror, our reflections aren't hurting us. It's the way we're talking to ourselves that's hurting us. If you didn't have a brain, your reflection in a mirror would be like a blade of grass reflecting in a pond. There would be no emotion or drama When it comes to looking in the mirror and the emotions that come up for you, that reflection and the body that is being reflected, none of that is the problem. Your brain is the problem. Just like it is when it thinks about food and how it relates to food, the food is not the problem, my friends. The way your brain thinks about food is the problem. The way your brain thinks about your reflection is the problem. So in today's episode, I want to give you the challenge to stand in front of a mirror and look yourself in the eye And verbally, out loud, tell yourself kind things about you that you believe. I do this with my kids in a way, and this will make sense in a minute. Stay with me. I look my kids in the eye. I get down to their level and I tell them how much I love them. 
My four-year-old just started a soccer league and it's hilarious. These little four-year-olds running around the field. It just is the best part of my week to get to watch them run around. It is so funny. And after his game, I bend down and I kneel on the grass and I look at him and I just want to like squeeze him. And I say, I love you so much. I am so proud of you for playing soccer today. I am so proud of you for running hard when you were tired. And I just love him so much. It almost hurts. And I just like want to stare so deeply into his eyes so that I can convey how much I love him and how proud I am of him. Now, I am not suggesting that we want to necessarily do this with ourselves in the mirror, (laughs) but the principle is actually the same. The relationship that I have with my son of loving him so unconditionally and just being so proud of him, even though it's ridiculous that he's just running around on a field, they're not really playing soccer. Like, I don't care. I'm still so proud of him, right? This is something that is so foreign to us. Like thinking about talking to ourselves in this way is so foreign and strange and a little bit uncomfortable. What would it be like for you to sit in front of the mirror and say things out loud that were kind about you? Like no one else has to be in the room, but what would that be like if you started to try and tell yourself things that you believed? Not just flowery things, affirmations that sound nice, like things that you actually believed. Like, thank you for getting out of bed today. Like, I so appreciate that my legs got me from the living room to the kitchen today. Like things that you believed, right? What would that be like? For many of us, this would be incredibly difficult. We would think it was really stupid and uncomfortable. We are so out of touch with ourselves that we can't even be in a room alone with ourselves and talk to ourselves in the mirror. We think that is stupid or vain or pointless. But listen, if it is words out our mouth to our children, or if it's just words from our own brain to ourselves, it's still a conversation being had. And that conversation is still having an effect. Just like me hugging my son or encouraging him, that has an effect somewhere in the universe, somewhere on him in some way. The way that you are talking to yourself has an effect on you. What is your self-talk? How do you think about yourself when you look at your reflection in the mirror? Are you familiar with the words that are going through your head? Or is it so deeply ingrained and you've been ignoring it so much that you don't even know what's there. It's just so much a part of you. You think it's just true. It's just what is factual, right? I just watched this cult documentary while we were flying to California. It was on the airplane and I got sucked into it and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know what it is about stuff like that, but it's just so fascinating to me. And in this cult, and as is the case for most cults, I think, is they create normalcy out of things. They, they expose people to things so much that people don't even question it anymore. They just think that it's normal and they don't even really pay attention to it that much. It just is what it is, right? This is the same thing that happens with the way we talk to ourselves. Like we, at some point in our life, had a thought for the first time, like, oh, I'm ugly or oh, I'm fat. It's not like we came into the world and had those thoughts There was a first time that we had that thought and somewhere along the line, our brain deemed that useful and picked it up and put it on repeat. And so because you have these thoughts about yourself that are so awful and mean and negative and you've thought them so many times, like it's no wonder you wouldn't want to look in the mirror because of how loud and horrible those thoughts would be that you would say to yourself. But even still, you wouldn't even notice that they were there if you didn't really try to think about them because they're just so deeply ingrained because it's what you have allowed to go on for so long. 
When it comes to negativity in our brains, you have to be on top of it or it will default to that. What is required in order to achieve this is you have to give your brain direction before you look in the mirror. You have to have a plan ahead of time or else it will always look for what is wrong with you. It will always go to negativity first. Here's something that I want to be very adamant about in this episode is yes, our brain defaults to negativity in most things. We have to normalize this. Okay, your brain defaults to negativity by some survivalist mechanism. Okay, just because it defaults that way does not mean we have to demonize it if we have certain thoughts. Just because you have certain thoughts, even if you have thoughts about hating yourself or how awful you are, or how ugly you look, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person for having those thoughts. What tends to happen is once we start to notice what we're thinking, we demonize ourselves for thinking those things. Like if I think I want to punch that person, oh, I must be a violent person. If I think I don't like my kids right now, I must be a terrible mother. If I think I'm worthless, then it must be because something really is wrong with me if my brain is thinking that. But that is not the case, my friends. Your brain defaults to negativity. And it is going to think a whole lot of thoughts in your life. It thinks roughly 60,000 in a day. Think of that over the course of a lifetime. A lot of thoughts. But that does not mean that you are your thoughts. It just means that your brain is making an offering. And you can just be curious and and be the watcher of those thoughts. Just because you have negative self-talk does not mean that you actually are a bad person. It just means that your brain has picked up on a pattern and stuck with it. So whatever thoughts you have about yourself in the mirror, you can simply observe them. So if you have a plan before you look in the mirror, like, okay, I am going to be deliberate in thinking these things. That can be really helpful. But other times, and especially perhaps this first time you do this exercise, you can very well anticipate that your brain's not going to be very nice to you. And so what you have to do is just observe your brain. Notice what it does. This is also something that I like to challenge people do when they stand on the scale. There is so much charge around the scale. I believe there are so many other useful ways to measure your body, but I like to use the scale solely for the purpose of gaining some authority over your brain, to be able to stand on it and notice how nuts your brain goes, how much it freaks out and all of the thoughts that it has and what it makes it mean when you see those three digits. When you can learn that you are the watcher of your thoughts, you are not your thoughts. They are simply just creations of your brain. It gives you so much authority in any area of your life. Like no matter what circumstance you could be faced with, your brain might have some thoughts. And instead of being like, oh my gosh, they're true. This really is. It's the end of the world or whatever. You can be like, wow, well, that's weird. That's so strange that my brain went there. How fascinating. You have that ability. And watching them gives you authority over them. Thoughts that you have create your feelings. So that's why people who lose weight might completely hate the process and feel terrible the whole time. All those thoughts are still swimming around creating feelings. When you have all this negative self-talk and and a lack of belief and a lack of confidence in yourself, all of those thoughts are creating really negative feelings. And so that's why some people will lose the weight and then gain it back. Because when they arrive at their goal and they still hate themselves, they have no motivation to keep up whatever habits they've tried to adopt. That's why the food is the easy part. you got to figure out your brain. You have to pay attention to those thoughts that are swimming around and you have to observe them, watch them, gain some authority over them and change them. 
If you don't understand how your brain works, everything is way harder. Because when you don't understand how your brain works, you don't recognize all of the baggage that you're carrying around that's optional. You've got all sorts of thoughts that are creating all sorts of really negative feelings that aren't necessary. Like when you look in a mirror and your brain has all of these terrible thoughts that feel awful, like I'd want to run away from that too. I'd want to try and change the circumstance to feel better, but circumstances don't actually make us feel anything. Our brain does. That's why you have to pay attention. So if you stand in front of the mirror and you notice a lot of negative self-talk, it is absolutely okay if your brain goes there. But it is not okay if your brain stays there. Now, what can tend to happen is you start by beating yourself up about your body when you look in the mirror. But then once I say, okay, start paying attention to those thoughts and you see all of these negative thoughts and mean thoughts that are happening and you start to gain some awareness around them and then you start to beat yourself up for thinking the way that you do. And so that's why I want to teach you today to understand your brain a little bit. I want you to understand that, of course, your brain is going to go there, both by design and by what you've been conditioned to believe your whole life. Like if you think of diet culture and that whole diet industry and and what they tell you you should look like and how they tell you you should think about yourself in very subtle ways, combined with a brain that's designed to be critical, of course, you have an increased inclination of body negativity. So again, that isn't a problem, but you just have to be aware of it and understand that you have a brain that works the way that it does. And you have a lot of messaging that you've received over the course of your lifetime. So instead of demonizing yourself for having thoughts about yourself that might be negative when you look in the mirror, understand it. Like, okay, I see what's happening and just watch it. And then from there, you can develop a plan. What do I want to think on purpose every time I look in the mirror? Where do I want my brain to go? Did you know that you get to decide what you think about yourself? We are so subtly told how we are supposed to be as people. We are told that we should be hard on ourselves and we are told that we should always be working on our weight. I laugh at how often I get articles on my newsfeed or at the beginning of the year with New Year's, how it is always a focus on weight. Like, of course, if every social media medium that we are exposed to is talking about weight, it's going to teach our brain to believe that we should always be thinking about our weight. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's necessary for a lot of people. But did you know that you're the one that gets to decide? Unfortunately, what that means is when you decide what you think about yourself and when you decide what is best for yourself, that means that people might disagree with you. People still might tell you that you should be thinner or that you should be healthier or that you shouldn't be eating those things. And that is what you then have to manage your mind around. Because it's either agreeing with everybody, but sacrificing your mental health, or going against the grain, but being empowered and taking control over what you have control over. You always have control over your thoughts. You might not be able to control what other people think and what other people tell you. And your thoughts and what other people tell you might be dissonant to one another. They might disagree but that's okay. You get to decide what you think about yourself always. So stand in front of the mirror. Take a look at yourself and listen to your thoughts. Deliberately say out loud kind things to yourself. It's going to be difficult and the noise in your brain is going to be loud. And if you don't like what you hear in your brain, pay attention. Watch it and know that it is normal. 
and consider that you have the power to change it, but it requires forethought. It requires deliberate action in overriding the natural design of your brain. You get to stop that. You get to change the conversation. You get to develop a relationship with yourself that is loving and compassionate and kind, but that requires you going in with a game plan. Every time you pass a mirror, having a game plan in your pocket of what it is you're going to say to yourself. Now, I'm giving you this challenge to look in the mirror and notice your thoughts and say kind things out loud to yourself. And it's not going to be easy. (laughs) Don't expect it after doing this a couple of times that it's going to go smoothly. Expect it to be really uncomfortable. Expect your brain to argue with it and say that it's stupid and pointless and isn't really worth it. Expect it to be foreign and difficult and expect yourself not to necessarily believe what you're trying to tell your brain. You're going to want to skip this. You're not going to want to do it. Your brain's going to offer rationale for not doing it or argue your way out of doing it. And that's all part of the process. It's very difficult. But what is on the other side of doing that, of looking your brain straight in the eye and calling out all of those thoughts and practicing over and over again what you want to replace them with what's on the other side of that is an amazing and loving conversation like think of someone you love the same way I feel about my son and how you just want to like just squeeze them and tell them that they are so wonderful and you love them so much and how good that feels to love them imagine if you had that for yourself imagine if that was the conversation you had with yourself every day That's what awaits you on the other side of standing in front of the mirror and paying attention to your brain and trying to gain some authority over it. But you have to do it when it's the last thing you want to do. You have to do this exercise when it's the hardest thing to do. Because that's the first step to shifting that relationship and being able to really look in the mirror and love yourself and appreciate yourself. And then after that, to feel good. And not feel so awful all the time because you're carrying around so much baggage of, of thoughts and unkindness. So that is your challenge. Stand in front of the mirror. Say it out loud. Look yourself in the eye. And notice what your brain wants to argue instead and what your brain wants to say instead. That's your challenge, my friends. If you want to work with me, the link to apply is in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.